0: The MinaKaim Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Hello. Welcome back to the Kime Show featuring Lenny. The only NFL podcast. One of the hosts thinks Puka Nakua is what happens when he eats chocolate. That's Lenny. He went to the emergency room <laughs> uh, a couple months ago, I think. Ate an entire bar of dark chocolate. Not his finest hour. I'm Kimes. And I am so happy to not only be joined by the wonderful Greg Rosenthal, but also to be talking about, the, talking about football on a, on a recording in this medium. Um, yeah, it's been, I think I, I should have looked up, Greg, when, my, when I left, because I was thinking about like the state of the NFL when I stopped recording, and then the state of the NFL now, and the things that have dramatically changed, and not... How many crazy things have happened? I think it was about week four or five, maybe, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was September 26th. Um, I guess, like, what would you say is the biggest and most hmm. dramatic change since, like, week four?
1: Well, we got we got you back. We haven't had you. I mean, <laughs> it, it's great. Uh, for all the Thank you. Nina Kimes and Lenny show listeners out there, it is great to have you back. What is the biggest change? I think the 49ers, you know, on a three-game skid yeah. feels biggest i was thinking about that just in general this season if you looked at the standings right now we're, we're halfway through basically it's almost surprising how few surprises there are it's pretty chalk it's if you saw these standings before the season even started you would look at them and be like yeah that all makes sense. Oh, the Texans are four and four. That's like the most surprising thing that a, a team that, you know, won three games last year has won four. But other than that, it, it's pretty chalk.
0: Yeah. CJ Stroud is the thing that I came up with. Not that he is good, but that he's just looks so good. We're going to talk about the Texans today. And then the Niners was, was actually the other thing. And we're going to talk about that in detail because I think they're really interesting. And that's definitely one of the more interesting games of the week. Um, what you said about being chalk is funny because uh, one of our great listeners, Sam Hoppen, Hoppen, Ah, uh, tweeted an, a midseason update for the kimes Michael Jr. draft pick or the Man. team draft contest, and when I look at the order of the teams that we took, it is really like I w- at first I was like, "Damn, good job, us!" And then I was like, "No, these were all like pretty obvious. Like, there's no, I think like maybe the Texans and are a little bit better than or sorry, are definitely better than we expected." Um, but for the most part, like when you look at the teams and their order, like you said, it's not that surprising. I think it's just kind of a matter of momentum injuries, like the bill's defense, obviously I think at the time, actually we we're recording Joe Burrow looked like, you know, a weekend at Bernie's out there. Now he looks awesome again, but that, <laughs> but that's, that's just like a health thing, you know, the, both of those things are health things. So I don't think either of them are like fall into the category of like, Oh my God, I can't believe this happened. I think Stroud, The Niners, yeah, that's kind of it for me. I mean, I I think I I posted this, like the AFC North is the best division of football, but we kind of all had them as awesome, so that's not surprising either.
1: Right. We thought maybe the AFC East would be right there before Roger's injury and before the Mm. the Patriots turned into the Dick McPherson Patriots. (laughs) But uh, how the teams got there is interesting, but I feel like I've been through enough seasons by now that, yes, how the Bills have got here... Is concerning, and they're not getting some of their injured players back, so that yes. that might be a, a real problem. But they're five and four, and it, there's just so much left to go that none of the teams that we thought had a great chance to win the Super Bowl before the season are in bad position at all. So how the Bengals got here was interesting. Like how the Jaguars are winning, we'll get to that, is surprising, and how the Chiefs are winning, it, are is surprising. But in the end, like all the teams we thought. Are in great position, but I'm ready. I'm ready for the Mina Kimes <laughs> take explosion here no. for all the things you've been cooking up the last month and a half. Well,
0: well let's start with niners jags because I, I think this is like a, this game is a rich text um, because, as you alluded to, the Jaguars have been winning, but in kind of a weird way, and then the Niners have been losing, also in a weird. Not not all of it's weird. Some of it's predictable, but some of it's very confusing, and I think kind of needs to be worked through. I, let me start here. If I to- this is i think genuinely shocking. If I told you week 1 or week 4 or whatever looking ahead to this particular game that one of these defenses would be 11th versus the pass 25th versus the run in DVOA mm-hmm. and then the other defense would be 5th versus the pass 4th versus the run you would be pretty shocked to hear, I think, that, you know, the the better defense was Jacksonville.
1: Right. And I, I've seen some of these numbers and I'm like, well, if they played an easy schedule? It's like, no, not not really. Nah. They're just really <laughs> consistent. They're getting surprising play. And I'm shocked because it's one of the things I was the most wrong about in the offseason was I didn't really trust the Jaguars taking a next step just because on paper they were the same defense as they were a year ago. Yes. And they were a bottom five defense a year ago.
0: I think that I've thought through kind of why, and I think there's like a number of reasons, um, by the way, Greg. And then if you had later on to that, and by the way, Trevon Walker is still not going to be really getting off after the quarterback. <laughs> like it would exactly. not make any sense, but, he, but here, here right. are some of my theories. So like one is, I think that some of the players just are playing better. Um, on that side of the ball, not Jermon Walker, at least certainly not rushing the passer at least. Um, but Devin Lloyd at linebacker, I think their linebacker mm-hmm. unit looks really good every week. Um, I think their safety group has looked quite good. Uh, and then up front, this is just like a very stout run defense. Um, I, I, I would say last year, I talked about this a bit. They, They were bad, but they were like the pressure rate suggested that they were better than they looked and that they weren't getting sacks and that that, the sacks would eventually come. Well, they're still 30th in sack rate, so Mm. (laughs) that makes it confusing. But, um, they're just kind of technically sound like there's not, they don't like bust coverage a lot, they're really like stout against the run, they play a ton of base personnel. Those linebackers are good. I remember like feeling like, God, they have too many linebackers on this team and they've invested so much in it, but they all play a lot and they're all really good. They play uh, the eighth most base defense in the NFL. And when they do their second EPA play, and that's of course notable Mm. against uh, a San Francisco 49ers team that teams tend to counter with base.
1: Right. And there is something to a team that, spent so much last year in free agency and invested in the draft and everything having continuity and that the players are better in the same Mm -hmm. system. It's a point for not changing things. Darius Williams in cornerback play, just going up and down because Darius Williams was kind of a hot mess last year as a big free agent pickup. And he was inside, he was outside and now he's playing great. He's making big plays for a was really good for them last year, but I feel like he's even better. Josh Allen has been really good for them throughout his career, but he's even better. Now he's outskirts of defensive player of the year yeah. candidacy. And you think about how strong they've been against the run. And I was like, who do they remind me of a little? And it's the 49ers. It's the Trent Balky, uh, revenge game here <laughs> because they're not as dynamic, but they just have huge guys. And that's if there's a, a Balky ball, um, you know, in recipe, that's it. So it's, it's, Fatukasi Kassi and Davon Hamilton's back, and Roy Roberts and Harris, and Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen are good against the run. And it's just like we've got huge bodies. We've got pretty dynamic linebackers behind them who can make plays. Now, now we have some uh, safeties like, like Cisco, and, and we're getting better play in the secondary. And I do think this week against CMC and this 49ers team who just hasn't been able to run yeah. for a month, that's potentially a real advantage. To me, that's really where it starts. For all the Talk about uh, Brock Purdy. I feel like that's the most surprising thing that for a month, Christian McCaffrey is averaging 3.4 yards per carry and under 50 yards rushing per game.
0: Yeah. From weeks one through five, they were uh, 0.07 points added per play in running. uh, Over the last, you know, week six through eight, that has fallen into negative territory. And I would say that matters an outsized amount for this particular football team because they're so schedule matters so much mm-hmm. for them. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, this is kind of always been the case. No, I mean, I guess I would have to look back at every Shanahan quarterback in San Francisco, but first down when everything's on the table, it's amazing. Their are fifth. Or Brock Brady is six in QBR. They average 11 yards per attempt on first down. The average NFL average is 7.6 on third down when the NFL average is 7.2, they're about in line with that. Brock Tur- Purdy. Oh God. Brock Purdy. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, okay. Uh, how do I want to phrase this? I actually don't think he's played that bad over the last few weeks. He's just has been punished by turnover luck. And that's reflected by the way. If you look at the underlying pass numbers, they're still good. Like in success rate and yards per play. They're bad at EPA because he turns the ball over. However, he is a different quarterback on third down. He is thirty-second in on target rate. He is thirty-second in completion percentage over expected. And he's very high on first down. So to go back yeah. to your point, not get too sorry, get draw, I, I feel like I got sucked in. It. I just I got all these numbers, Greg. I'm just sitting on these numbers, no word to say them. Um, but your point <laughs> is I think really important. If they don't run the ball well, it changes the complexion of their offense. It changes what's on the table. It puts them into disadvantageous down and distances. And then I would say also, uh, and, and this is, I think more important than the offense when they aren't playing with the lead and they can't run the ball and they're forced to pass more. It is a very different football team. Miami suffers from this to some extent. And I think the, the really shocking thing is not the, like everything I just said about the offense, frankly, I could kind of probably could have told you last year, the defense is what's shocked me. During this phase, do you hmm. feel the same way? Like watching this team over the last few weeks?
1: Yeah, that that it's fallen off that hard in terms of like their principles. And you know, Richard Sherman talked about some some of the game planning. They're they're moving Steve Wilkes down to the sideline. They announced today, oh man, like they're they're making that lever pull. And yeah, that they've been at like a genuinely bad group for a month is a little hard to wrap your mind around and I I think what you said about playing with the lead is really interesting too because the Jaguars have just gotten so used to playing with the lead and we can get into Mm -hmm. what's gone wrong for them offensively but that's part of it is they've had the luxury of playing with the lead and so that's such a big thing in this game defensively I've been waiting for their off-season plan San Francisco in terms of their cornerback position to catch up to them at some point, I was like, they, they can't keep getting away mm. with this at some point. Like, isn't this going to be a problem? I don't know necessarily that this is the game that, that it will be a problem. This feels more like a low scoring game. And it, it feels like these things are correctable in a long season. Cause they, I believe they just have too much personnel not to, but maybe it's to your point that they've been playing from behind a little more.
0: It, the defense stuff is confusing because it's mostly the same players, except for uh, I think. Well, yeah, mostly the same players. I mean, Ward's gone, but I mean, the safeties look fine to me.
1: They're healthier on the defensive line, if anything.
0: Yeah, and
1: with Hargrave, who's been good
0: with Javon Hargrave, and the scheme doesn't look that different to m- I mean, you know, obviously there was the poorly timed Steve Wilkes splits, which he has been <laughs> hung out to dry by by, by the. Like they have talked about that a lot. Um, and I thought D'Amico Ryans was always really good at timing his blitzes. So I'm sure that's whatever factors into it, but it's not like they've changed their identity that much. Um, I think just watching them, like the, the a few things that jump out, the, the most stunning thing is the missed tackles, especially like from the linebackers. It's like crazy, right? Like the 49ers formula of the last few years has been an outrageous four man rush. And then, because they're so good at run defense and tackling anything you can do to counter the pass rush is they'll just end you. Like you throw a screen and like five guys converge on it and blow it up. So it's very weird to watch like screens. I mean, the Vikings game comes to mind where that I was just like, what am I watching right now? This is makes no sense. Like, so there's that. I think in coverage, um, Oliver's not worked out for them. You talked about the cornerback issues uh, and there's times where there's just not enough time for the rush to get home. And then the other thing, and this is probably, I think, the run defense just looks bad. I mean, especially up front, I, it's a little bit confusing. Like, they just seem very porous. I think some of that, but that's where I think scheme comes into play. I was thinking about this watching the Bengals game. Um, def- offenses have figured out ways, and this is something we saw last year, the chiefs game comes to mind to use the Niners defense's aggression against them, with little tosses mm-hmm. and, you know, different kinds of power runs. And, and I, and I, um, have noticed like a lot on a lot of runs, Oh my God, there's Nick Bosa in the backfield or they've shot past them. And so that to me does feel a little bit like coaching. And that's where I think maybe Wilkes does deserve some blame.
1: Right. And this is a tough matchup for that. The the Jags are a good screen team. They can get rid of the ball quickly. That that's really what they do best offensively. And ETN is one of those guys. We'll talk about another Joe Mixon later that if, if you're just watching every week, you're like, he is, but I just think he He is better. He's a better player. And I know it doesn't totally show up in the yards per carry. And obviously he's like leading the league in touches per game. So they're using him as a workhorse, which I never expected, but they're, st- they're staying on schedule, and he's, yeah. he's just making the holes that he gets count, and they're good at scheming up um, ways to make the defense over-pursue, and so I think that has been a problem. Some of it is just bad luck. I think the 49ers have been a team that's been got, getting a lot of pressure this year, but they're not quite finishing plays. Nick Bosa is emblematic of that, that his sack total isn't as big, and, and we know pressure is production and hits are production, st- but they just – aren't quite finishing the plays, even though all these guys are getting a lot of pressure. And and maybe that's why they, they took a chance on chase young. I figure why not uh, for a comp pick the way he's playing. I mean, that's a steal. And they said, he's going to play it. Kyle Shannon said Wednesday that he expects them to have a major role. And I'm really interested to see that against this Jaguars offensive line. Cause with the Jaguars, I can't quite tell if, they've just been trying to overcompensate for their offensive line by getting rid of the ball so quickly and playing very conservatively, or if it's just like a bad offensive line. And, and they've actually got their five starters. I think that they had in mind heading into the year playing, I believe for the first time all season this week, Walker little is going to be at, at left guard. And I think that's the first time they've actually all been together, but on paper, this is a mismatch and the 49ers should, yeah. should get a ton of pressure on them.
0: Yeah. When, So Trevor Lawrence gets rid of the ball like crazy fast, right? Anything over two and a half seconds, which is still like, you know, that's anything like outside of rhythm is what next gen stats calls it. Uh, He's pressured 52.5% of the time. It's not good. Wow, It's really bad. Uh, So yeah, there's, I think that's, you kind of captured to me, like the, on that side of the ball, the Niners pass rush versus the Jags offensive line, huge mismatch. However, I think ETN and Christian Kirk, in the slot that's a mismatch that I actually feel favors Jacksonville with the quick passes and the slot work. So I think it really just comes down to um, you know, whether or not that ball can come out in time, whether they can do the things to the defense that other teams have done successfully, despite the mismatch in the trenches. Uh, yeah. It's going to be, I I think just can this four man rush really overwhelm them with chase young um, is going to sort of determine that. And as far as like the offense, I, I really do feel like it's like, does Jacksonville pull ahead? You know? I mean, I don't think mm. it's that simple, but like, and, and I think um, Debo's back for this game. I don't believe Trent Williams is going to be back that it's still, you know, Wednesday. So, but I I, saw I think Debo he has a passing.
1: chance. They said he would normally skip Wednesday anyways. And mm. it was somewhat optimistic and Zay Zay Jones and it sounds silly, but I think they've missed Zay Jones and he might be yeah. coming back for this game. Cause the whole Calvin Ridley thing has been weird. It's like, He's very game plan specific and in Kirk and Engram are, are almost a little more effective. I do want to throw one hot take by you. Of, of, uh, Cause I'm trying to like figure out this Jaguars team They're, It to me, they've been very weird. It's like Trevor Lawrence actually, when I'm thinking about their offense, you know what their offense reminds me of is another old Doug Peterson offense, the Alex Smith chiefs offense. Like before <laughs> that last year where Alex Smith was bo- bombing it down the field. And, like, it all makes sense. It's, it's very efficient. It's not explosive. But it, it is. there is something disarming. I, I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is playing poorly this year. He's playing well. There is something disarming about watching him with so much talent and it's just this like super condensed dink and dunk sort of hold on to a lead offense. Like it, it does not totally compute with what I expect. Wait
0: till we to the Chargers. because I right. li- I I do not understand that team right now. And also I'm trying to understand the numbers and they're just befuddling. Um, yeah, that's I, I the the Ridley stuff is really confusing. And I agree with you about Zay Jones. Um, I do think getting Trent back and Debo is massive. They I actually view them kind of in conjunction with each other because, you know, if you don't have Trent Williams, the ball has to come out faster, which is when Debo Samuel does his magic, right? The yards after the catch, he's a, he's a monster. Um, if you're missing both of them, <laughs> you don't have that, right? So they kind of like help, they complement, they're like, it, it's kind of weird to think of an offensive lineman and a receiver as like being related, like a straight, but there is like a little bit of a string that pulls them together. So I think getting them both back will be massive for, Alleviating some of the pressure on Purdy, who, yeah, it's he's been he's been fine.
1: <laughs> he's been the exact he's same, same. I yeah, mean, he's been the exact same, and the turnover luck just got it's a little. Actually, in all these games, and I'm not,
0: he's I'm been not a little like a Pro,
1: right? I'm not a pro or anti Purdy. I actually think his baseline. I've already believed that he'll he'll be better than Jimmy G. That he is the, the baseline's probably better. Like his high level stuff is definitely better. But he's been he's been the the same guy. And oh, by the way, yeah, it hurts when you lose to all pros who are you know, two of the highest paid players in the league at their position. Like in all these games, he's played well for two to three quarters. And then yeah. it's sort of fallen apart at the end when, when he needs to catch up.
0: Uh, I, I think the baseline is higher because of his scrambling. That's just been my takeaway from the last few weeks. I'm like, Oh damn, that was good. Scrambling. And a
1: few, like a few more special throws where I, I almost felt like Tony Romo watching him was, the game he announced was like that was me because he was you know he was like he thinks Purdy's (laughs) magic sauce is he can see things like a hair faster than people and that's not true and I don't know I don't know Romo thought that was about himself too Uh,
0: um I lean Niners especially if both Trent and Debo are back but this is a it's a weird one for all of the reasons, all the weird matchup stuff. I just think that the Niners a defensive line against the Jags offensive line, this could be one of those games where they get they especially with Chase Young. They take over Chase Young, who's you know, very good the first half of the season. So
1: it's it's a real like is 2023 <sighs> different type of game. If Jaguars win this game, I need to give them like a little more credit than we have been, or be a little more worried about the 49ers. But I, I lean a little 49ers barely. It's a little disrespectful. They're favorite on the road though.
0: Browns Ravens. Um, this is a delightful uh, defensive matchup. You have the best defenses to, I, I think by pretty much most metrics, the top two defenses in the NFL right now. Um, but defenses that are really different, which is just such a, such an exciting study in contrast, right? Like the Browns defense, Plays a lot of man coverage. They're super aggressive. They've got this like crazy. They to but maybe the best pass rusher in football. Um, and then the Ravens defense is all trickery. It's like film nerd. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's 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 becoming kind of like a cliche, like a stereotype of itself that all the film nerds just go crazy or because. You know, I mean, it's you like love defense... yourself some
1: Mike McDonald. You, you know, you were pretty early on it, even midway through last year, how, well, how much you loved yourself some Mike McDonald. I didn't?
0: don't like it when people overemphasize scheme over players uh, too much. And I do think sometimes the Ravens defense can And I think I want to make something very clear, which is I think that what we were seeing from the Ravens defense, and I have talked about this for a while, is like the perfect marriage of players and scheme. I think a, a great example is a player like Judavian Clowney, who's, you know, bounced around the league, undervalued, didn't get signed. But, you know, we know is like this incredibly athletic guy who's so good against the run, he can cover. And then dropping him into this defense, it's like unfair. It's just perfect for him. Roquan Smith, linebacker, who can go sideline and sideline, can blitz, can drop into coverage and play the post again perfect marriage for this defense so the players are what make it sing but the scene is sick it's so sick every week
1: right and i i, I wonder if what they do well in terms of making quarterbacks hold the ball a beat longer scrambling them up a little mentally our guy gino last week for instance you know oh. i i do wonder like how how does that look against Deshaun Watson and this Browns team who oh, you know ha- have yeah. injuries up front at the at the wrong time. I don't know if this is like a galaxy brain talk, but last week it was like, you know, Watson's very much seemed to be, they seem to almost strip it down. I was talking to someone that it's almost like the Baker Mayfield Browns offense, which maybe you give credit to Stefanski for that. It's like one read, and if not, like go make a play. Um and and some deep balls that were yeah. that looked pretty good from Watson. It's like maybe that's the best way to attack this Ravens defense anyways, because it's going to be tough to outthink them and get to your second and third read in the first place.
0: Yeah. So before we get into this game, I will say, you know, last week, definitely the best Watson has looked. Um, I thought his arm looked good. You know, I texted a little bit about like his arm strength looked good on the the deep balls. I think Amari Cooper's so good. Uh, Joku's good too. Um, He looked decent moving, but it was a very, like you said, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, and this offense, too, has just not been able to run the ball well since the Nick Chubb injury. I don't think that... I don't see this going well against... Maybe mm. we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. I mean, you know, like you said, maybe that's the simplified... Like, maybe Amari Cooper just cooks and gets open, and there's some explosive plays, and Watson can scramble. I don't know. But, like, I see the, the Browns offense versus the Baltimore defense as a pretty significant mismatch. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, so, so they played, uh, it was DTR the last time they played. So you kind of have to.
1: We don't speak about that game. Sorry. <laughs> DTR. We had some overzealous DTR <laughs> preseason texts between us that will never be mentioned again.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. They they uh, they beat the Browns twenty eight to thirty eight. Case people forgot. Um, and Lamar, it was like kind of like it was it was like a fine game. It was quiet. Like you know, it was very much like a, we're playing DTR. Let's just not screw this up, kind of game. He was pressured a lot. I mean, again, that's the Browns defense is sick. Um, and I went back and and uh looked at sort of their approach, and it was you know a, a lot of sort of just very it was a very conservative offense I'll be curious to see I feels like every week the offense the Ravens offense looks a little bit more cohesive and like Lamar I, I will say this man about the Seahawks game I don't he he looked so calm executing the offense I mean, there's been, Lamar is always a uh, player who's because of his movement ability. Like there's like a poise in the pocket under pressure that is just in like these little movements as he evades sacks that are very special. But in terms of like executing the drop back game, I don't know if I've ever seen him look so unruffled and so like just totally in control of the passing attack as he has lately.
1: No, it's awesome. It's what any Lamar fan I consider myself one, uh, as, as wanted to see. And I think part of it's a lot of it's the scheme. You know, some of it reminds you a little bit of, you know, what he did at, Lu- at Louisville and everything, but a lot of it is, I think just him af- actually getting older too. Like he, yeah. I, I almost push back at the people that's like, he's always been a, a good passer. It's like, yes, I know. He's always been good in the pocket. Yes, I know. But like you do get better and you do learn things as a pro. And I do think he's, maturing at the point where his physical ability is still great. And and they've been getting a little more out of OBJ last week, I thought was mm-hmm. his best game yet. Like you don't need a ton, but if you're getting contributions from Bateman and flowers and, and OBJ, especially like it makes a big deal. I am totally with you that he's looked comfortable, but he, he and they're a different offense even than they were in, in week four. Uh, but this is a different sort of challenge. And it, it, if this game is 14 to 13 or 13 to 10, like that is not going to shock me either. One of the reasons they finally broke through against the Browns in that first game, and it was in the second quarter, but they really only had two like good drives that game. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's was because they got the ball back like eight times in the first half That yeah. their defense just kept getting it back. The Browns defense also did a great job in that game and, and it'll be a good test of this Ravens offensive line and, and I think that's the difference is like oh their offensive God. line is improving and maybe the Browns offensive line is is not as good as it, it has been in previous years and, and now isn't as healthy either
0: yeah the Browns offensive line so you know Will's I know he had like some rough patches in the season but still losing him you're down to now like don't I know Dewan Jones has been good but like you're really down to your backup backups outside again this team, and the thing about like the Ravens' offense, like you, you talked a little bit about how it affects quarterbacks, right? In terms of um, making them think it's a tick longer. Oh God, when do they play the Bengals? I can't wait. Oh, we're gonna talk about the Bengals later and how well Joe Burrows. Like, I can't wait for that meetup. You
1: know. There's Thursday but, Night um, Football uh, next week.
0: That's next know. week. Oh my God, Al, you just got to get through Bears <laughs> Panthers to make it. To- yeah, that join game. us
1: on the Around the NFL podcast with special guest Mina Kimes. We we uh, saved the best game of the season for you, Mina, Bears-Panthers. I
0: actually like it. a gross Thursday night game because we can just kind of <laughs> cut it up. And I, I, I can't wait to see how L. Michaels handles that one. It's going to be amazing. Tyson <laughs> Um, Okay, but so back to the, the defense. So they do make quarterbacks take longer, but with all the simulated pressures and creepers, uh, that they use and we by the way we're doing a segment on sim pressures on nfl live i think by the time this podcast is out so tune in thursday i'm popping on i can't <laughs> stay away um but uh just i guess i maybe it's worth defining the difference so um simulated pressures and creepers both same result where you're sending four and so you have more bodies and covers differences with simulator pressures. you're giving the appearance of blitzing creepers, you're doing a change pressure. So one of the guys on the line of scrimmage is switching places with, uh, one of the other guys behind him. So the Ravens do this like a zillion times a game. We started tracking them at ESPN. Brian Burke did, and I'm going to use some of those stats tomorrow on the show, but they use it the most in the NFL shocker, mm. right? Um, so part of the problem that creates for quarterbacks is confusion as uh, Greg alluded to. But then the other thing it does is it confuses the offensive line because you don't know who you're supposed to block and you often watch and it'll be humorous. A center will just be like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, it's actually really good. Uh, I, the Cowboys have been doing this a lot. It's a good way to get one on ones too. If you have a super stud, a treasure, um, they, they have run some pretty nasty ones with Micah Parsons over the last few weeks in putting him in the middle. So anyways, uh, that's a real problem against an offensive line that now has two backups at tackle. And I just feel like the combination of that confusion and the pressure, it's going to be pretty gross. On the other side, it's just like, we have Miles Garrett. Your offensive line is good, but we have Miles Garrett. And, you know, the rest of the the Browns' defensive front has been really good. Um, So I think that, yeah, for me, like, that's obviously kind of the side of the ball I'm the most intrigued by. And I want to see if, like... The Ravens, you know, they have such an expansive menu with their offense right now. Like they do so many different things. I'm curious to see if they can be a little bit more efficient than they were the first time these teams met.
1: Yeah, and sort of how they'll approach it because I think the the biggest improvements have maybe been in the running game. Like even saw in that Arizona game, you know, at halftime they sort of realized like, oh, the like they're just begging us to run. Like they're they're trying yeah. to actually. They're kind of playing the pass and we can do that. And Linderbaum, I'm not like a, I'm not an O-line tape head, but like he does enough that I'm like, wow, that looks impressive. That is impressive. I think the idea that they had with Tyler Linderbaum, it's it's all happening. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, I don't need to know that much to be like, okay, this was the vision. This is actually what they talked about on draft night. (laughs) It's pretty sweet.
0: It was so bad. He, there are Tyler Linderbaum highlights from that game. It's so gross. Um,
1: Keaton Mitchell is a real thing, I think, too. Like, yeah. I think Gus Edwards is a really good back that, you know, a little underrated as like he's a fine lead back for what they want to do. But even before Keaton Mitchell broke open a couple at the end, I was just like, wow, every time he has the ball, yeah. he is making a, a missed tackle, and the juice is just obvious I, even if it's just 15 touches a g- or like eight touches a game like he is another explosive element and they could kind of use it because they're not that explosive in terms of their passing game and and he could be explosive so i'm curious if that's going to have some staying power
0: that's a great point um especially if you kind of you know then lamar doesn't have to run as much but um meaning time show featuring of listeners will remember that we talked about keaton mitchell ahead of the combine it wasn't my call. It was mm. one of the players that uh Mike Renner said, you should watch this guy. And I watched him. At, he was like, Eastern Carolina. and I was like, holy crap, he is fast. But the question was, would this translate? And I think what struck me watching him as he sliced through my Seahawks defense like hot butter or butter with a hot knife um, was the vision he was running with. Like, yes, he's really, 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 really fast. But he sees the field really, really well. And, yeah, he's really good. If it's not obvious, I have – Maybe even like obsessed with the Ravens this year. (laughs) Been watching a little bit too much Ravens, and I'm probably if there's a take explosion from me, it's probably that I'm watching too much Ravens and um, too excited about them. So, uh, you know, still a good game. The Browns defense makes every game interesting, and maybe I'm under underestimating uh, the Browns offense after the improvement last week. But this feels like a team with a very good defense against the most balanced team in the NFL. So. That's right. I don't
1: know why, yeah, I'm with you i I've been banging the drum that the Ravens can win the super Bowl for yeah. for a while, and now it now it seems more than obvious, but in you know, the efficiency metrics, but it is a division game in which the first game was like a mm. blowout and the in it includes the top two defenses in the league so i I have a feeling it'll just be uglier than than you think, and like I think they're giving six points. like it wouldn't surprise mm. me if this is a last possession type of game just because these teams they do know each other and I think the Browns have enough and maybe I'm I'm not optimistic about Watson but there was something there last week in terms of his deep ball that it's just like okay maybe maybe there's something
0: no question um yeah we shall see all right let's take come back uh, a break come back clearly I've not been doing this for a while and uh talk about the, the prince who was promised CJ Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace, all this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL, And then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and older only, offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 plus wagers only must register with an eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call one one 800 270 Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This
0: podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience, recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, A V E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. <sighs> okay, CJ Stroud versus older CJ Stroud.
1: Woo, that's a take. No. I guess that works.
0: <laughs> Joe yeah. bro looks so good. I, uh, I was trying to theres you could there's so many Joe Burrow stats that show the contrast in the last few weeks versus the previous ones. The, the one that I, uh, I shared on on X that I do think tells the story of Joe Burrow is that uh, again, using that 2.5 seconds or longer framework, the last few weeks, he's had a completion percentage over expected of 15.1%, which is insane. So basically when he holds on to the football more than a quick game, He is the best quarterback in the NFL by a mile. Weeks one through four, he was 33rd in that metric. So he's a different man, Greg. Uh, Anyone listening to this podcast knows that. They have watched him. It is very obvious. You do not need to be a uh, football analyst to see that Joe Burrow is healthy again.
1: Right. I I saw like the MVP odds recently, like this week, and you know, he might have been third or fourth. And I was like, wow, that's high considering what a bad first month he had. And then I thought about it, I was like, actually that totally makes sense. The rest of the season is what matters. No, the MVP race to this point makes almost no difference. And are there any other quarterbacks you're like particularly backing to have a better next eight or nine games in Joe Burrow? I I'm not. And, and part of it is he, he looks explosive. I, I thought it was maybe like an off season storyline type of thing, but, but the Paul Dana wrote about it at the athletic that like his main goal this off season was to get more explosive, explosive movements and move better. Maybe maybe I'm just like hearing that and seeing it because of it, but he looks that way to me that he's actually faster and a little more explosive when he does choose to run and when he does choose to evade rushers.
0: He looks as good running as he has ever looked. So That's I what agree I'm with saying, that. Yeah, yeah, I. Also, um, that MVP thing, boy, that Thursday night game has stakes because you're absolutely right. Like, people will totally overlook the first few months if he finishes the first month. Or if he finishes strong, and his competition is in the division, and right now, I would say is you know it's probably Mahomes, Hurts. Uh, I think is still up there in odds, but I no, think the last week,
1: Lamar for sure.
0: Yeah, Lamar, and then yeah, Burrow.
1: I'd, I'd throw in Tyree Kill and. Aj yeah. Brown for now, but that won't end up happening. Yeah, the, yeah, it's going will come down to those get hot. Yeah,
0: those four quarterbacks and who, buddy? That's gonna be a great game. Um, I did, I did, I, I think Jam- Jamar Chase might be questionable. You know, he took that pretty gnarly hit coming down. He made that crazy catch right in the last game, uh, and I guess let me ask you this: like, if because so much of the offense has gone through him, although Teague has started to heat up. Um, would that, I mean, I don't think the Texans defense is super good. We could talk about them in a little bit. I just finished that game, but the Texans box, do you think without chase, like, are you worried or do you feel like bro's just so hot right now? And that he's got enough weapons that it won't matter.
1: I think it would give the Texans defense a fighting chance. I do think it he tilts the field in a way that yeah. no one else does, but I feel better about, them obviously after last week, but after last two weeks, but especially last week, the way that Burrow said, you know, he told Higgins before the game, like I am going to keep going to you. Like we need to get this guy going. And Mm. he he's in a contract year. I I think he's, he's basically been open about it, that he's almost in his own head a little bit and not playing as well as, as he could T Higgins. And so I think that was a a big game for him and mixon has been running the ball. Well, but I would say, yes, if you're missing chase, that's a that's a big enough deal that I, I give the Texans a much better chance because it's not like even the last two weeks that like the offensive line issues. And that's why I was more concerned about the Bengals than I should have been was that other things were going wrong other than Joe Burrow. And, and one of them was the line. It's not like they've really been fixed. It's just like Joe Burrow is just making up for it, either with quick decisions or buying time. Like they're, they're not, it, maybe they're average. Are they average? I don't even know if they're an average offensive line after all this, uh but he sort of makes up for it so it's harder to do i think without chase on the field and that would be a big deal
0: yeah he really is like the queen on the chessboard like they've gotten so much better too at i think using him to dictate coverages um optimizing his matchups oh, by the way i should give the official he didn't practice today so it's not i'm not just like ooh there's a rumor like he didn't, he didn't practice One no and he day, he said day. as much to start
1: the week yeah. his the tone of his voice was like very much, I'm not sure if I'm playing this week. So for him to say that made me think, okay, he really might not play.
0: Yeah, he was the one who said Joe Burrow should sit for a few weeks of the season. You remember that? Um, yeah, great. I still think they'll, I think they'll be fine, just, but I do think it matters. Um, I guess, you know, the Texans defense right now, like they're still – the offense is way ahead of schedule. We'll get to that. The defense still feels like they're a few guys away. Um, you know, obviously Stingley's been out for a while secondary i think has some pretty clear holes um there's been like surprises on the team uh i was just asking our our texans reporter dj b if he was surprised how good the linebacker cashman was playing and he was saying that you know because he played with sala in new york i didn't even know he was frankly before yeah when he was on the jets uh, he had a lot of experience in the system. It doesn't ask that much. He just kind of goes sideline to sideline and and hits. I think he's looked pretty good. I think the pass rush looks good. Will Anderson may not have any sacks, but he looks really good to me. Grenard is good, but they're just they still need. I feel like maybe like one more player at every level, and you know they're they're pretty solid against the run. Twenty six in EPA per play versus the pass. I just think they're going to have, unless they completely dominated the Bengals offensive line. I, it's hard for me to imagine Cincinnati not moving the ball on them, um, especially even with probably even without Jamar Chase.
1: I think I think that's right. Grenard has been really good, and Anderson's been good, and so they can get quick pressure. But the the real weakness in the Bengals, maybe their whole offense is is Volson. Their their guard is just gives up a ton of pressure. I don't know if like the Texans have that guy. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That there's like a they're short at one position at every level. The linebacker 2020, yeah. like Joe Burrow is gonna pick wow. on him. Shaq wow. Griffin yeah. is is a bit of a weak point. Like Joe Burrow is yeah. so good at picking out the mismatches. And that's what they decided to do late in that Bills game. Just like let's spread him out and let Joe pick on the who who we want him to pick on. And there's still enough holes here. But they play with like a ton of energy Bengals have had a couple of big games in a row. Like the Texans, play with enough energy and have enough talent and are an cohesive enough that I feel like they can have a good game in, in a in a certain week. And it's, I don't feel like they're an overmatched defense. They're they're an average defense. They're just playing the hottest quarterback in the league.
0: Well, it's you know to contrast it with the Niners who lost Ryan's, they do tackle pretty well. <laughs> like um,
1: right, and they just there's something, there's something about you can see it with defense. And I I actually remember when Lua and Aruma, like, a couple years ago, pretty early on, like, you could kind of see it with the Bengals, just how they fly around. I mean, it's such a basic thing to say, but the Texans play that way, which is – you can always get somewhere if you play that way.
0: Hmm. So I guess my next question is, at what point did you accept C.J. Stroud into your life as the savior of football?
1: (laughs) I – I think was early. That hasn't changed since you went away. Like even, as early as <laughs>
0: he looked awesome in the preseason. So right, uh, not, uh, not not about week one. He was like bad week. You know. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yeah. Like as early as week three, just Yeah. doing the next level things of like a showing anticipation and like getting to a second and third read so quick. And it, the more, the more. I, I watch, I just think like, man, that is like the, the key. That's the secret sauce. Like how quickly can, can you get through everything? And it's funny to think about his pre-draft stuff and think about that. Cause he's, he's getting to his second and third reads very quickly. And I know that system helps him do that. And that's great. And then he's just much more of the Georgia game yes. quarterback, you know, he's much more creative than people were worried about. Like he makes second reaction plays all the time. And so if you can do both of those things, that's a top 10 quarterback.
0: Okay, so at the beginning of this podcast, I was talking about, like, what's been surprising since I left? So my final podcast was the end of September, and the last Texans game before then was when they obliterated the Jaguars. And I know this because the last clip I posted from my podcast was me and Dominique being like, yo, CJ Stroud, what? Uh, So he was awesome really early in the season. So this is not, you know, like, they had a couple hard games, you know, offensive line sucks and all that. But, um, yeah, I, I was so watching this in again, after, you know, after watching it in real time, I, w- I was trying to think of like what I wanted like, to, like what struck me the most. I mean, there's so much, right. The, you, you talked about the anticipation, the play under pressure, the poise, the accuracy. I mean, the, and the touch on his balls, like he is so good at leading receivers to get yards after the catch or leading them away from defenders to not get destroyed. It's, Really uncanny. I've seen about that watching the Jets is like guys are getting obliterated over the middle of the field. Like because CJ Trout throws a lot over the middle of the field. I think um, I saw next gen stat. I think he leads the NFL in most stats on in breaking routes, uh, and he's so good at setting up his receivers. So that that jumps out. I think the, the 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 thing that I would way I would describe it when we talk about how he plays like a vet. It's like he has this really innate sense of risk and reward.
2: Mm-hmm. Which is
0: like he does, he takes the exact right amount of risk, which is why he doesn't. Ha- I think he's got like one, like very few interceptions. Um, um, but he's not a check down Charlie. He's just really good at assessing the exact, like what needs to be done in this moment. And that's interesting because it's very different from like the, you know, the Mahomes' and Allens' of the world. Right, um, it is a little bit more like Joe Burrow, frankly, I mean there there's some similarities between these guys. They're not identical quarterbacks, but I mean, the offenses are very different, but like it's there's definitely like a common thread there that I think is pretty mm. interesting. um, I also like people are like, wow, he's so f- he's doing it without a run game. The run game absolutely sucks, and it didn't matter. Pierce was out this week, steel was in it didn't it was a little bit better. It still sucks, right. So he's doing it that run game. I do quibble with the notion like he's doing it with like terrible receivers. The receivers are good. <laughs> I think they're good. Like I know they're not. You know, I was obviously like seeing Mike Evans on the other side of the field. You're like, okay, that's what a superstar looks like. But I, I really think like Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Noah Brown in this game. Like it's not like yes, he was throwing the ball in like perfect spots, but they were open. Greg.
1: Oh man, I I love Nico Collins. He has been one of my favorite players to watch in the entire NFL this year. And it just goes to show you what a system and a quarterback can do, you know, for, for a wide receiver. Maybe he wasn't ready to look like this before, but for a guy that tall, I actually have a hard time thinking of comps that are that good, like that good. Like he's tall and skinny six, four, but he's so good after the catch. He's good at the catch point. Tank Dell on the other side is the opposite. He's representing for all the short guys out there. Like, I mean, he's 165 and he's playing on the outside and making contested catches. Like it is, they found two guys. The whole point of this Texan season is supposed to be, well, let's find guys we can build around. And it, they, they have it. And it's so valuable to have young receivers. I guess Collins will be entering the last year of his rookie deal next year to me, but to me, he is a star. I, I actually think the ceiling is extremely high for him. And Dell You've seen it. He can he can get open. He is I, he is so shifty and he has such a good feel of of zone defenses.
0: He's listed as five ten. There's no way he's five ten. No way. By the way, like <laughs> not not possible. Uh, yeah, I think he could have like a Brandon Cooks type career. You know, like I like you. You like he when it, he was another one. By the way, I think that five
1: eight one sixty five at the combine. By the yeah, way, that's, like, that's, does that's not sound right.
0: yeah, that's that's accurate. He that, that, he's five eight so. Uh, I think he was another one that uh, Renner told me to watch, or but yeah, but um, you know, you watch him, you're like, okay, maybe he's like a gadget guy, his third round, rich. He's not, a, he's obviously not at this point, but like, man, he, I think his ceiling is really high. That touchdown catch was impressive. His body control, his catch <laughs> yeah. radius, like he's really a good player, and I love the combination of them together. It's like such a good pairing of skill sets. I just. Yeah, so and I think that they'll have success. I mean, like the Bengals defense, they're they're always kinda hard to assess because they, you know, like get it up for the best quarterbacks in the NFL and like and we all talk about how like, you know, Lou Anarumo, oh, he does it again. But like then whenever you look at the <laughs> underlying metrics, they're like not good. <laughs> I don't know. Um I think they're fine. I mean, I think that you can run on them, which Houston can't do. Um, so that's you know, not a surprising because
1: yeah, because you know that they want to Bobby Slowick coming from San Francisco, who, yeah, by the way, he's gonna, he'll, he'll get a head coaching job at some point. I don't, I don't know if it's this year or whatever yeah. it is, but it's like, if they, if they keep cooking like this, it's going to happen. So I'm surprised how bad the running game is. Cause I don't think Damian Pierce is like a bad runner. I don't watch him and say he's running poorly. It's just not working.
0: I don't know if it's, I mean, I think mostly it's the blocking and obviously they've had some injuries on their offensive line and guys in and out. And maybe it's like a scheme thing. Like I, but like Singletary, like, you know, he's a good zone running, but I don't know. It just doesn't, it, the, I mean, the, the guys both take a ton of contact in the backfield. I'll just say that. So you have the
1: most negative runs in, in the league. And yeah. uh, you're right. He's been doing like Stroud's been doing it without the run game. The O the line is healthy now. Like it's as healthy uh, as it, as it did. And uh, as it's been, I do think, though, it's interesting, like the Bengals defense just played, you know, pretty similar offense with the 49ers. Mm. And I I think they're probably better than those. I know they're really good inside, just historically inside the 10 yard line, inside the 20 yard line, just making plays uh, near the goal line, like Wilson and Pratt are playing well. Hendrickson is having maybe his best year. So I do I do think it's a pretty tough matchup. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they have under 300 yards because they had under 300 yards, the two games before it's a little easy to forget, but Stroud did have a couple of quiet weeks before, before last week's explosion.
0: Yeah. I think part of the reason with the Bengals that they're good against this type of defense too, is you talk about them with the Niners and the linebackers. Um, They're really good in the intermediate area of the field. Second lowest QBR in football. CG Stroud. is very Mm. good there, but I think you're right. They could have some issues this week. Um, yeah, I mean, Cam Taylor-Britt was awesome against the Bills, right? So uh, they're pretty good at, like, playing, like making you work for it, essentially. So, And then tightening up where it matters and then being opportunistic with the football. So I'll be, that, that'll be interesting to see if they can turn him over because, like, as we've been talking about, he just hasn't. But I don't know. I'm you're excited. Shape, shape I mean, shifting. I got the Bengals, but I'm excited. I have the
1: Bengals, too, because I, I do think this defense is getting better. They remind me I, – I said – Last year, they remind me a little of the Patriots like old defenses and mm. that I think they're really built to change week to week. And those defenses very often early in the season, we're kind of like figuring out what they do well, what they are, and then would get better and better as the season goes along. And I think the Bengals defense is kind of heading there. They're, they're pretty good at, at making a specific game plan for this week. So I'm a little worried about Stroud this week.
0: Okay. Lions Chargers.
1: <laughs> Why are you sighing?
0: uh i've been dreading talking about the chargers because i so the chargers jets game did you walk away from that with any impression of the chargers (laughs) like like, did you have come out of thinking anything about them
1: (laughs) well i have yeah like increasingly they've totally flipped in a month in that It's like, okay, the defense actually is coming along, and they can stomp on bad opponents, which is a good sign they weren't even able to do that. But in the offense is slowly regressing, and not even slowly. It's like turning into a shell, and it's collapsing on itself, and that worries me.
0: So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that versus Lions defense, then we'll flip it and talk about the other side. Lions, you know how to buy. Um, Chargers offense is eighth and past DVOA. Justin Herbert is fifth in QBR. He's top 10 in a lot of metrics, 12th Hmm. in air air yards per attempt. Why does it look so meh? (laughs) Like, what is it? How do you like, what is it that strikes you watching them? Even hearing that they've, I mean, obviously, they're coming out of a game where he didn't do anything. And I think it was pretty obvious why he was just under – I mean, he was pressured on like 50% of dropbacks probably, right? Uh, he couldn't do anything. Couldn't move the ball. So setting yeah, that aside, the Jets are thing. awesome. Well, you know, a lot of quarterbacks have looked – what did Robert Sala say? We've embarrassed the best quarterbacks or whatever? Setting the Jets game aside, like, what, what, how do, you, what do you think watching this offense?
1: Well, because the, the run game is like bad, bad. It's bad. Again. Okay. Like the worst, maybe. I think they have the lowest success rate since week one. If you take the week one really? game away, which they, they ran well, and everyone was all excited because that was the offseason storyline, Kellen Moore in the running game. So they're bad, bad. I thought their offensive line had a chance to be great. They're the, yeah. they're actually the youngest offensive line in the league in terms of age, weight, and snaps. And since they lost Corey Lindsley, which is a while ago now, they just haven't been the same they're not bad, but they're average at best. They're like average. And I, I thought they needed to be more. And so you take away Mike Williams, who's the most explosive receiver. And then you take away Josh Palmer, who's the next most. And it's just like, a, it's, we're back to where we, we, were, we were with Lombardi. And it's, it's just a station to station passing game and no running game. That, that's why it looks so bad. Those numbers, yeah. they must be inflated from September. Cause they had great numbers in September. And I bet over the last month, I mean, I can't imagine it's, if they're that good
0: yeah well i mean like i was looking back at his herbert's games and just kind of thinking about him like you know they played the bears who are bad actually the bears defense is not that bad but you know he it was like very like okay let's just be like super i mean herbert i think had like he completed like an insane amount of so he was just it was very efficient but not particularly sexy right um and then th- this game again like they didn't do anything but they were just woefully overmatched um he had the, I mean, all, I think the, uh, I'm trying to remember when he got his finger hurt. I don't know if that factors into any of this, by the way. So I guess there's that as well. But it was, what What was the night game where he just like looked kind of, it was like probably his worst. Oh, the Chiefs the Cowboys. game. Cowboys. Yeah. Chiefs. I oh, yeah. Sorry. The Cowboys game was a night game. And that was one of his worst games in a while, frankly. And then we lost to the Chiefs as well. Um The last game I remember thinking that's like Herbert was the Vikings game where he just shredded them. Remember, they just kept blitzing him and he was like, all right, he's just killing them. So I think it's like, I don't, I would not say he's been playing poorly, but I think it's what you just said, which is they're not running it. There's not, it's interesting. Like, it's not like he's totally dinking dunking, but like, I used to do this, um, segment on sports center called kimes dimes where i would choose the five best throws of the week and it was always hard for me to not pick like four justin herbert throws because it was just Mm -hmm. so many sick throws i like do you feel like there's been like many yeah yeah
1: well that minnesota game was the last time mike williams played and he had like 120 yards in that game right And, and it it shouldn't and it was when was it the last time Corey Lindsay played? I really think that's been a, a big deal for them, too. You're probably right. But, but there's, you're right. The, sizzle, the like exciting throws have not been there for, for whatever reason.
0: I posted something during the Jets game about how annoyed I was watching Quentin Johnston instead of Zay Flowers, who went after Quentin Johnston um I don't think I I, I, well it was just because it it was like a play action dropback. Herbert had time he was leaning downfield and Quentin Johnson just was not open and he doesn't try why why would he trust throwing him he tried throwing him that ball in the first drive and of course he didn't compete for it I I don't want to sound like I'm totally crapping on a rookie but like it does feel like man that was looking at Flowers and Addison
1: yeah, I it's love Addison. It's like, oh, no, we've already got a guy that gets open in Keenan Allen. We don't need two guys that gets o- get no, open.
0: No, you like, need someone with speed and separation <laughs> ability. And like, I don't know, I had a lot of questions about Johnson, whatever. And then, of course, it was, oh, you're making an excuse of Herbert. No, I'm just saying this is they. This is a bad draft pick. So I guess, um, you know, so the the Lions defense has been pretty solid this year, right? Um aside from like Seattle getting boat raced by the Ravens they've been uh, uh, mostly quite good actually which is their top 10 in most metrics very good against the pass. they have had some pretty significant injuries um, but I think like the pa- the pass rush is good Hutchinson's good McNeil is good linebacker is playing well um, I I just like on that side of the ball, I feel like, I don't know, like where's the explosives going to come from? I don't know.
1: Right. I think prove me wrong. It, it's crazy how things can change fast. Cause I just feel like the chargers defense has to keep this game. Yes, totally. At like 20, t- 23 or under, or else the chargers offense just can't catch up. And you mentioned Johnston, like the way to attack this, Lions team is absolutely like deep in on the outside. I think Mm -hmm. like they're not strong at cornerback right now. I was a little surprised they didn't make a move. And I don't think their pass, their pass rush isn't bad, but it's not great that like, I think you could set up those plays. Like this would be a vertical Justin Herbert making wow throws type of matchup where they need it. I don't know if, if they can pull it off, but I feel like that's, that's their best route to, to scoring.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And it is weird to, feel that way about the Chargers, after especially the beginning of the season i do think they figured things out and okay Chargers fans i'm gonna say something positive yes it's the jets offense they suck whatever but man when mac bosa and Thule rush the passer it is very cool like that is a like so i tom telesco you deserve a lot of side-eyeing for the first round pick but you nailed it with uh to pelotu because he is I love watching him play he has so much juice and then he's on the inside it's like oh god and I think that could cause problems uh, against the lions I mean you saw like as good as this lions offense has been um you Goff's turnover uh luck or whatever his turnover potential has regressed to where we know it to be and you know he is a much worse quarterback when he's pressured um so i think it really starts up front i do I, I, the lions offensive line i think will be getting a little bit healthier um since the bye and obviously they're an incredible unit and but yeah i think that's a really good group i, I do think however that the lions will probably just say F it and run <laughs> on them and hmm. even though the run defense has looked improved uh the lions rushing attack is a pretty different animal
1: yeah it's weird to look at the chargers like run yards allowed over the last five weeks. And it's like Mm. among the best in the league. Like, wow, these are the, these are the chargers. (laughs) It's surprising. Uh, David Montgomery returns. And then the offensive line is fully intact for the first time since week one. So they're expecting Ragnow and Jackson to be back. And they've had people going in and out the whole time other than, uh, Sewell. And so that that's really good for them and to have Montgomery back and have that one, two punch that that's huge for them. And then when they throw, I think they'll pick on Eric Kendricks a little bit, maybe over the middle. Oh, uh, 100% at
0: that. they will. Yes.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> it's, you know, they've kind of settled on Jasir Taylor as their slot guy. And okay, that's going to be a lot of Amon Ross, St. Brown. And I feel like we haven't gotten like full Derwin James this year because he's, he's playing so yeah. far back because they kind of need him there with, with their cornerback situation. But he hasn't had a great year. So it feels like a pat, I don't know. I, I feel like there are more mismatches. On that side, but um, but it's up to our guy Brandon Staley. You know, it's third year, two third year coaches. Like it's it's last chance saloon. I feel like for his defense to be a difference maker, and they are playing better. So I'm trying to be optimistic. It's
0: no coincidence that Staley shaved his podcast beard and beat Robert Salah, who had grown a podcast beard. And well, he saw the saw the results. Um, I, this last game against the Jets again. Jets offense, I know, was the first time where I was watching Derwin James and like kind of pumping my fist a little bit, and then him and Gilman, who was like freaking just hitting like they I was like okay yeah because they, they yeah like it hasn't really felt his impact hasn't really been there this season and I think it, in this game in particular where the for the Lions using the middle of the field is so important to their offense it does feel like a game where like Derwin James has to like make a game-changing hit or force a fumble or blitz or whatever um the I'm I'm actually I'm, the the Lions um run game is really interesting because it's not one of those situations where like Gibbs came in and he looked amazing and you're like, yeah, they were run. They were stashing him behind this old timer who sucks. No, like Dave Montgomery has been really good too. So now they have like two really good running backs and I'll be curious to see how they deploy them. I think against the chargers, you talked about going after Kendricks. I think you want it. This would be the game where um, you throw it to Gibbs. I think you'd like to see him integrated too in the passing game a bit. I would, like to see both of the backs on the field. Uh, I think they have a lot of levers that they can pull against this Chargers defense, which is why I'm I'm picking the Lions in this one. I'm sure they're favored. So.
1: Yeah, I am taking the Lions, but I'm getting I don't know, the Chargers always play well when you least expect it. I mean, man, I just keep I just No, it's keep true. Fall, I just keep falling for it though. I mean, at the last second I I picked them to make the Super Bowl this year, so I'm a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. Um and um I don't know. They, I really do think like these two programs, like they both started at the same time, these two coaches and, you know, one is clearly ahead of the other. And I think if Staley's defense, I have some optimism actually that it can play quite well down the stretch. Then that, that can save him. Joey Bosa has been playing through an injury the first five weeks of the season. And it was just not himself. And it kind of killed yeah. them because they, yeah. in, in the last two or three weeks, he's back to being Joey Bosa. And, and that makes a huge difference.
0: All right. The Chargers were, the Lions, pardon me, are favored by three in L.A., so that feels right. Okay, as always, we will uh, go through my family's pick pool, and you're going to help me make my picks. Uh, Bad news, since I last recorded in late September, I have fallen behind to third place in the picks pool. Clearly not doing this podcast and making the picks with the help of my friends has punished me, as has the... Rise of Sunman Kimes who is absolutely demolishing the family right now. So I got a lot of ground to make up. So that also means I have to make some you know, spicy picks here and there. So can't just play it safe. Are you ready to help me?
1: I, I am. We're we're taking her down.
0: Chicago, Carolina. It's at Chicago. The Bears are favored by three and a half, which is uh, pretty interesting considering they're starting Tyson Bagent. <laughs> Carolina is missing Brian Burns and DJ Chark disgusting game
1: well we're going to enjoy it you know we're, we can talk about team building and the draft picks and I mean the Bears have been the better yeah team you know it's funny how their offensive stats this year are actually pretty good except for they just turn the ball over like every possession which is pretty important <laughs> but um you know like yards and points per drive it's like they're better than average they actually you know Tyson Bajan I think has earned himself about at least six years in the NFL oh and yeah if he has one more good start it's like eight as a backup All right, I'll take the Bears. I'm taking the Bears.
0: Colts at Patriots. The Colts are favored by one and a half. I keep taking the Patriots and saying to myself, this is going to be a weird Bill Belichick game, and I keep getting punished for it, and I'm not going to do it again. I'm done.
1: No, fading the Patriots all season is one reason why my picks have been good. I I, I, Maybe I'm just a bitter fan, but uh, this team is so bad.
0: Got that number five draft pick, Greg. Right now.
1: Let's get it to number two. Then we're talking. Let's go.
0: Uh, Okay. The Packers at the Steelers. Two teams that uh, my worst pre-draft take. Well, actually, no. The Steelers have a winning record. I was right. They're amazing. Um, The Packers got, got a little bit of life. Aaron Jones last week. Uh, I feel like that comes to a stop here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, the Steelers. I just think that Jordan Love against that defense doesn't, doesn't bode well.
1: Yeah, I swear I have spicier picks usually. I had that Minnesota upset last week, but this feels mm-hmm. like a chalk week. I, my you know, m- mild take is that I, I can see signs of progress from Pickett in the offense that like they could creep towards average, and that's, that's all they need. So I actually think they're going to get better, even though they're five. I, really
0: I concur. Canada, sideline Canada. That I was thinking about that when... um Who did you, who did you say at the beginning was moving to... Was it Wilkes? Steve Wilkes, to, yeah. yeah. Someone like maybe Sam Hoppen if you're listening, you're always good at this. Someone should do a uh, study of the coordinators when they move to the field, uh, how they perform before and after. Mm. Now, it would take a little bit of work. You'd have to go through the headlines. But uh, Canada, sideline Canada, you know? God. This turn pa- I just can't
1: watch this packer. This Packers offense against—they're just—they just, they just new ways to make me frustrated.
0: Okay, uh, the New Orleans Saints travel to Josh Dobbs land. They're favored by two and a half. That feels right. Unfortunately, although I would love nothing more than I, the the Vikings are—are are they America's team? I feel like it's not just Dobbs, but I also just like the defense is so chaotic and. Um, skiing over their tips or out kicking their coverage or whatever <laughs> stupid. And I, like, they're, they're just so much better than they have any right to be because of the, there's some guys who have played well. And then I think that the scheme is very fun. Um, yeah.
1: I'm they like rush six, days. like every play <laughs> They're they're great. And you're right. They are the team of America. They're the team of the around the NFL podcast. We announced Ooh. this week, the Vikings, we waited until week 10 and yet I'm picking the saints in this game. I feel oh, like the goodness. like there's a come down here. Uh, they're in. They're injured. The Saints are quietly like the healthiest team in the entire NFL. Like all their starters are all available, um, and they're they're coming together.
0: Okay, we picked the Bengals over the Texans. They're favored by six and a half at home. We picked the Ravens over the Browns. They're favored by six at home. Tampa, uh, Tennessee, in Tampa. This is a close one. Um, Tampa's favored by one. I, th- I think Will Levis has looked really good. However, uh, Greg, watching uh, Texans Bucks, I was really impressed by the Bucks, uh, even though they got, you know, thirty-seven points scored on them. Whatever, uh, I thought Baker played really well. Uh, I th- I, th- I said this to you, but like the one thing I was really like that kind of stuck out to me is like the Bucks offensive line has quietly returned to being good. Um, and I thought Elijah Kansas looked really good rushing the passer ah do i want to pick against will levis yes i do i'm taking tampa
1: i was lean i'm leaning bucks all week because i feel like this is one of those 50 50 games that for whatever reason the consensus will be on titans because everyone watched levis play well and the bucks have lost four in a row the bucks Uh. aren't bad but i did notice that jamel dean and carlton davis are out of practice and they really both might miss this game so that would affect that would affect my pick, but I'm leaning Bucks. If I mean they're missing both cornerbacks, that's a pretty big deal.
0: That's not good. All right, that's a monitor the injuries. We picked the Niners against the Jags. It's in Jags. Niners favored by three. We got Detroit over LA. It's in LA. Detroit's favored by three. Atlanta at Arizona. Um, Arizona Atlanta's favored by one and a half at Arizona. Uh, so this is gonna be the one. I'm gonna pick Kyler here. Kyler's back. Whoa. Why not? I gotta pick one upset.
1: But that's how that's how your mom wins, you know? (laughs) You just feel like you gotta pick one and you pick the Cardinals. I'm so intrigued. Although the Falcons are worse than their four and five record. They are they're a tough I think you're just it's a it's a vengeance pick against Arthur Smith's press conferences.
0: (laughs) I I hate them and I love them. They're performance art. It's (laughs) it's like the most elaborate Nathan for you bit. (laughs) <laughs> he also did you see he gave a new answer today about the lack of Bijan touches in the goal line and I don't know why. what was it? Uh it was nothing. It's really it, you watch it. it. Literally says nothing. It's insane. Um <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take Arizona, I don't care. F it. Uh Seattle, Washington at Seattle, Seattle's favorite by six. I will take a Seattle rebound, although I do like what I've been seeing from Sam Howell, but I think the Washington defense is the kind that Geno can uh perform well against
1: this is a week where it's nice they traded their edge rushers because I, I think yeah, edge rushers against the Seahawks can win. That's a lot of points for the the Seahawks the way they've been playing offense, but I, I hope I hope we're wrong. We're
0: going straight up here. So uh okay oh God. Uh the Giants travel to Dallas. dallas's favorite Guess the line it's I know Tommy it, DeVito. So I, it's sixteen and a half. Yeah it's half yeah Sadly. Tommy DeVito uh Think we'll see Cooper Rush? Think we'll see Trey Lance? I don't know. He won't be active. They should act. They're gonna him, get. Knowing. They're gonna
1: get one of these quarterbacks. It annoys me already that the Giants are gonna stumble into one of these quarterbacks. I I, I really don't. You think they're the most likely? Them you and the Bears. Taylor
0: Williams, or even when you say one of these or Drake May, That they're drive, gonna yeah. get one
1: of those two quarterbacks. <sighs> They'll have a very expensive backup in Daniel Jones that they have to trade. Crazy.
0: Will a team trade for him?
1: If they, if they paid like half the money, yeah. Okay, I think. here's it, the it, most... That's an off-season topic.
0: I think the most disgusting game, disgusting pick of the week, because <laughs> the Bears' is the most disgusting, this one's the one where it's just like, oh, my God. Sunday night football. For some reason, the NFL, in all of its wisdom, thought, nah, we got, we got Browns, Ravens, we got the Jags and the Niners, we got this young stud, C.J. Stroud, against Joe Burrow. Let's make America watch Jets-Raiders. Greg, you work for the shield. Explain the decision
2: I don't know
1: New York, Vegas, who's a big national team? I don't know. It's so annoying. I mean, if you love that, although I guess I can't say talk both sides of my mouth. Josh Dobbs versus the Broncos is next week's Sunday night football. I was shocked they didn't flex out of that.
0: What are they doing? <laughs> is did the flex guy just like quit? <laughs> Is it one man?
1: There's been so much Jets and Raiders in prime time. It's it's outrageous. What
0: is happening? I don't understand.
1: Just because everyone's going to be on the Raiders, I think I'm taking the Jets. The defense is the best thing in this game.
0: Yes, AOC against... (laughs) Has AOC AOC taken off? Are people calling him that? I am. taken. Okay, and then uh, finally, Monday night. Oh, man, we got some stinkers. Uh, The Broncos at the Bills. I I would take the Broncos to cover, but I'm gonna take the Bills to win. So,
1: Agree. I think the Broncos are better. They they have a chance to be better. If there's one team that has just been a blah team that, that you told me would like is actually going to find their way to a winning record, they run the ball well. The defense has been much better the last three weeks. Like it could yeah. get it could get dark here. If if we got Josh Allen needing a game winning drive, I could absolutely see that. Sean Payton's had two weeks to prepare for this game. I I don't know.
0: I just think um, the Bills' defense, like, the teams have just – its everyone is so clearly just drawing a circle over the linebacker position and, you know, like Dane Jackson. And last, like, it's just – I don't think, though – I don't know if the Broncos can take advantage of that personally. But we'll see. We shall see. All right, Greg. Um, I should just uh, – I, I should have said this at the beginning. So the podcast is back. We're audio only for now um, because – well, I look insane every day. <laughs> uh, no, there are other reasons. Um, well, that's partially because I'm, I, yeah, I I'm very narcissistic. Uh, uh, I but, but did put on real pants. You can't see them, but this is a big deal. They're soft, but they're, they have a button. Um, going to be big news on the video front coming soon, but you're going to have to stay tuned for that. But we are going back to two times a week. Starting next week, Dominique Foxhurst will be back. Ooh to talk about that Monday night thriller and other things. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be back to our, to our usual schedule. So everybody, thank you so much for, um, hanging in there, I guess, uh, for those who didn't subscribe, uh, or unsubscribe. I really hope not many people do that. I guess I'll find out. <laughs> have you ever taken a break from your podcast? I feel like you guys have been at it for so long.
1: No, we're, we're afraid we're, we're narcissists. <laughs> we wouldn't even go away for like, one week but it it is beautiful to have you back Nina.
0: well wow, that's scary uh no thank you for joining and guys check out the around the nfl podcast where i despite greg's warnings will be joining to talk about that incredible thursday night game so you can catch it catch me there too all right greg thanks so much buddy
1: see ya